Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Well, let me say before I say anything else, uh, a word about communion. Uh, Holy Communion will be served here. There will be a station here, 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 and here. All we ask is that you come out of your section on this side, <laughs> whatever that is, come out this way and go back that way so you can look around and figure out what that means for you. So that's that. That's the housekeeping part. There's gluten-free right here if you need that. You'll be given a little piece of bread. If you'll just hold your hand out, we'll drop a piece of bread in your hand, and then someone with a glove will hand you a cup, and, uh, and we will have communion. You do not have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a member of any church. Uh, Jesus invites everyone to the table who's willing to just say to themselves, you know what, there's something here that I don't have that I need, and I'm willing uh, I'm willing to just give up. I'm willing to give up this claim on my life that I've got it all figured out and, and just come down and take communion. It's as simple as that. Um, it was one, what was the other, other thing? One other thing. Got the housekeeping and that. Okay, I guess that's it. Seems like I'm forgetting something else. Um, but at any rate, we invite you to come. Oh, for the, for the folks who are worshiping online, you know what? If you don't have uh, regulation Welch's grape juice, it's not a problem. If you don't have regulation bread, it's okay. You know, you got you get some apple juice around, you some water, you got a half of a blueberry muffin, maybe leftover, whatever you have. We invite you to take communion at home as we take communion here because we all do this together. And Jesus is in it all, and that's what's most important. Now, I know what you've been up to. I know that you, what you all were doing last night, you were all busy. Yes, this is Labor Day weekend. And yes, paradoxically, on Labor Day weekend, we rest. As we think about all the work we do, we're supposed to rest a little bit. But I know that everyone in this room was busy last night. Uh, for instance, Everyone got in some interval training last night. Uh, you went through these, these phases where your heart rate and your lungs were, were and your breathing was, was very slow. And then it would get revved up and it would be like, you'd be like that, that guy with the, with the long hair and the blue shirt, you know, that clogs, that it's all over the internet, that guy. You know, your heart rate's racing like that guy at the end of, of one of those clog dances. Uh, and then it slows back down again. Interval training all night long. I, I know you were in on that. And, and even to the point where you worked so hard that your muscles were paralyzed for a period of time last night. And I know that all of us spent some time going through the last couple of days overnight, uh, going through some things, uh, kind of like a, a sequence of, of little nonsensical videos, you know, kind of like TikTok, uh, a sequence of nonsensical videos. And we all went through that. We replayed uh, the last couple of days. We filed some stuff away, some stuff we shredded. I know what you're up to. And even to the point of, of kind of getting all the chemicals in your body in order, you made some extra melatonin so that you could sleep through the night. You added 
added some cortisol, some fresh cortisol, the stress hormone, so that when you have a big test tomorrow or a presentation at work, or you got to go see the doctor and you're not looking forward to it, so you got you can feel that stress and it helps you get get uh, be be up for the task, whatever it may be. All of that, all of that, and so much more was going on with everybody in this room last night, and it was all on purpose. It all happened while you were sleeping. Be a good name for a movie, wouldn't it? Would be, but it all happened while you were sleeping. All of that stuff. You realize, I didn't know this, but, but you, your body releases a drug that paralyzes your muscles uh, to some extent so that when you're dreaming, you know what, you see dogs and you, we think they're chasing rabbits or something or doing this. We, we kind of do the same, maybe not chasing rabbits, but we, we can kind of flail around a little bit. Have you ever had a nightmare or a dream where you wanted to scream or you wanted to move or do something but you couldn't? That's why. And that's all supposed to be that way. It's the way God designed us. And you thought you were resting last night. And in fact, you were. And I say all of that to say this. We think sometimes of resting as wasting time. Well, I'm not really doing anything. But, but rest doesn't necessarily mean not doing to rest is simply to just not do. Resting, you are doing something. When you rest, you're doing important things, not only while you sleep, but even in your waking hours. Rest is, is crucial. Um, and it's woven into creation. And I want us to think about rest on this Labor Day weekend a couple of different ways uh, before we come to the table. Because I want to submit that it could be the most important thing you do within the next 24 hours is to take time to really rest. And when I say that, two kinds of rest. We, we rest from our work or our routine, but we don't just rest from, we rest in. We rest in God. And I've got scriptures to prove it. Don't take my word for that. Let me prove it to you this way. Let me read from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. This is the end of the creation story. You know, the, the creation story starts in Genesis 1, verse 1, with in the beginning. And then God goes through this sequence of six days, or at least that's sort of the sequence that we see in the Bible. Who knows how long it really was? But we have this sequence. In, and the whole point of the creation story, by the way, and I believe it, I believe that it's all there the way God wants it to be for us. The whole point of that creation story is for us to understand that God created in a very orderly way and in a way that expressed his love for us so, because it provides everything we need. And so you go through the sequence where, he, where he, you know, there was the light, the morning and the day, and then there was the separation of the land from the water, and, and then there was the shrubbery and all of that that came along, and then the living things, and then finally... And finally, man and woman. And then there was that seventh day. So this, what I'm going to read, was the last part of that creation sequence. Here it is. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. When, when God rested, he was doing two or three things, probably a hundred things. 
But I think one thing, he was creating a model for us. He wanted us to understand that there should be an order to our lives similar to the order of creation, and it should include rest. It's very important. But when he rested, in that period where there was rest, he was preparing creation for the next thing because something happened after creation. Things kept going. And he was preparing creation then for the next thing. And when we're resting, think about that. When we're resting, all those things I told you, that's a, that's a fraction of the biology of rest and the physiology and all the stuff that goes on when we're asleep. It's unbelievable how God is fixing stuff. When we exercise, resting between, between sets is so important because it gives the muscles time to recover from the stress that we put on them. And depending on whether you want to be a bodybuilder, uh, you would rest a very short time if you were lifting things. If you wanted to be a power lifter, you would rest longer because the way we rest impacts the way our muscles recover. And it's true for any exercise. And it's crucial. You can't just lift and lift and run and run and expect to get stronger. You'll wear yourself out. We have to have rest to prepare ourselves for the next thing. Rest is God preparing us for what comes next. Just like he did with creation, he does that for us. That's why it's so crucial. But it's not just while we're sleeping that we're just resting from our work. You think of it longer term, over like a period of a week or months. It's also a break from the routine. We have to put breaks in the routine or the routine will essentially own us and all these things that we love and work can be great and school can be great. Can be great. Things that we do if we're retired folks, uh, there are, people tell me sometimes in retirement they're busier than they were when they were working. But there, you have to have a break from the routine, from the grind so that, so that the unpredictable beauty of life can break through. And we miss that if we're constantly just banging our heads against the wall trying to keep up the routine. I've used the metaphor uh, of, in, of music when it comes to rest, uh, but I want you to think of it a, a different way. We talked about how rest, when you don't play your instrument, how that's part of music too, just as much as the notes. But I think probably most people in here, there may be a few that haven't heard it. Most people are familiar with the song Stairway to Heaven. I picked that one because it kind of cuts across most generations, and everybody's heard that song at least once. If you haven't, I'm sorry. Uh, go listen to it. Uh, go Google it or go on YouTube or whatever and listen. And, and, and in particular, it's the ending. You know, because Stairway to Heaven's a great song, and I grew up with it. I mean, I was, I had that album on vinyl, still do, you know. It, <laughs> I like to tell people it wasn't classic rock back then. It was just rock. It's classic rock, we call it now, but I was around the first time it came around. And so you listen to Stairway to Heaven, and it's great, and the guitar is great, and Jimmy Page has his great guitar solo toward the end, and Robert Plant comes in, and you wind on down the road, and it's just banging, and it's rocking, and, and it's, it's awesome. And then he, Page has that last little guitar lick at the end, and then it stops. And it's, a, it's kind of a an elongated pause. It's, it doesn't keep the rhythm. It doesn't like stop and then Plant comes right in. That's the lead singer. I'm acting like everybody knows who Robert Plant is. But if you don't, come on, where have you been? But anyway, anyway. Uh, so, so they're all, you know, everything's happening and then it stops. And then there's this long pause 
Then Robert Plant comes in, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. And it sets it up so that it almost pulls you into whatever it is you're listening to it on. And it's because of that pause. It's because of that rest. All the noise and all the activity has to settle. And then the next thing comes. And the thing is true for our life. We have to give our routine a rest so that we can kind of set ourselves up for the next thing. It's, it's all part of creation. We have to, we have to break up these long-haul routines. We talk about, people talk about long-haul COVID. And, you know, COVID created a lot of routines for us. And sometimes the routine was eating too much, drinking too much, working too much, working from home. And it's so easy, you know, to just go, well, I'm going to go back to the office when the office is in the bedroom. Or maybe you do have an office at your house, but the office is wherever your computer is. That's the office. And it's so easy just to go back, well, I just need to do this one more thing. And then three hours later, and it's like, oops. And, and we got into these routines. And we got, unfortunately, we got into these routines of being away from each other. And, and these routines need to be broken. And these routines without a break for two years or so did us harm. I read the other day, just the other day, that, that Knoxville, Tennessee is, has the third most cases of depression of any city in the country. And Knoxville, Tri-Cities, and Chattanooga are all in the top ten. Now, this came from research that was done based upon people going to a health care provider and at least mentioning that they thought they might be depressed. And some of those people sought treatment, and it happened, and, and, and so the outcome was different for lots of other people. But that's what that was based on. And, and I bring that up because I think a lot of us, present company included, have dealt with a little depression and a little anxiety because of COVID and because of this routine. And here at the church, man, we got head down into the wind and we were just trying all sorts of stuff to try to keep us together. And, and our technical team did such a wonderful job of creating this digital infrastructure so that we could worship at anywhere we were. And, and we we've kind of forgot or I did, you kind of forgot to, to take a break as much as you should. And I'll tell you, I'll tell on myself, I, I found out the other day, actually, it's, actually it wasn't the other day, it's been a few weeks ago, but I found out the biggest mistake I've made in 29 years of being a pastor, the single biggest mistake I've made. I was talking to this counselor, and we were talking about depression and anxiety, and we were talking about it in general, but I, you know, but I said, you know, I've been, I've been experiencing some of it too. And, and, uh, and I've talked to somebody about that because you should, by the way, it won't necessarily just fix itself, but sometimes getting perspective can be really helpful. So this counselor says, well, let me ask you, so you've been a pastor for 29 years. I said, yeah. And he said, so, so the church you're at now, how long have you been there? I said, well, 21 years. Uh-huh. And, and you're the senior pastor now? And I said, yeah. And he said, how long? I said, about seven. And he said, how big a church is it? So we got about 3,000 members. And he was going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he said, when did you, when's the last time you took a sabbatical? And I'm like, a sabbatical? You know, a sabbatical is just an extended time away from work. University professors do it. Preachers do it. Lots of people do it. You don't necessarily just lay down and take a nap, but you do something different. That's the key. I've never done that. I've never taken more than two weeks off in a row. And he, he, was, just, he was looking at me kind of grinning and shaking his head. 
And I, he said, what did you do when you took two weeks off? I said, I went to Africa, and we did on a mission trip. And he said, yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> so, so, and his, his point was well taken. He said, you can't do that. You have to. I don't care how much you love what you do. I guarantee you there's parts of it you're sick of, and I'm like, preach, brother, there are, and mostly any paperwork I have to do, this part I love. But he said, you can't do that. You have to take a break. You have to break things up. And I want to say this, to, to underscore this. Rest, to rest from our routine is a gift that God insists we open. It's not optional, and I'm going to prove that to you with another part of Scripture. This is huge. See, we rest from our routine, but then we rest in God. Now, I want to read from Exodus chapter 20, and some people are, are thinking right now, I wouldn't have if I hadn't looked it up, but because I'm not a good at memorizing stuff. Some people, somebody just thought, oh, that's where the Ten Commandments are, Exodus 20. It's one of two places where they are. Let me read commandment number four, okay? This is by, this, and I'm saying all that very dramatically so that you understand what I'm about to read to you is not a suggestion. It's not God saying, well, you know, if you don't have anything else to do, you might think of this. This is the fourth commandment. This comes before don't steal, don't kill, don't lie, don't commit adultery. This is number four in the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Do you think he was serious? For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I, I don't want you to miss this. In the creation account, there are three times that God blessed what he did. He blessed when he created all the living things, the fish in the sea, the birds of the air. He, he blessed them. And he blessed whenever he made man and woman, he blessed them. The third blessing in creation, the day that was devoted to rest. And when we say blessing, I think in this case it means he set it aside. He pointed it out. Yes, this is special. All the creatures are special. Humankind, you're special. And this day that I'm devoting to rest is special. And then here in Exodus, commandment number four, he's saying, I'm not only suggesting it's special, I'm telling you, rest. You have to to rest. That's how important this is. And I know if you're like me, you go, yeah, but you know, Sabbath, what is Sabbath anyway? Good question. Glad you asked. Sabbath in the Old Testament when the uh, Ten Commandments came around, it was sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. And for Jewish folk, it's still the Sabbath is sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. But whenever uh, Jesus was resurrected and the Christian church started forming, uh, people started uh, worshiping on, it wasn't called Sabbath then, on the first day of the week, because that's when the resurrection was, first day of the week, Sunday. That's why we gather on Sunday. Uh, but but, but that's, that's being too narrow to think that the Sabbath is simply coming to church on one day of the week. It's, it's so much more to that. 
I can't. Guess who works on Sunday? Everybody just about who's on staff member of this church works on Sunday. So my, for me, for instance, and maybe this is helpful to you for as you think about this, because it's not a matter of can we find Sabbath time. We have to find Sabbath time if we're going to be healthy and, we're, and if we're going to stay close to the Lord. Mine begins whenever the last thing at church is over on Sunday. When the last thing is done and I'm home, that's when Sabbath begins, and it ends when I get in the car to drive to church. On t- I take Monday off. That's my day off. And, and when I drive to church on Tuesday, that's my Sabbath. And I try to read a little extra devotional time. Uh, when I go play my guitar really loud in the office at our house, I try to maybe play a hymn every now and then, but it's, it's Sabbath time. Just, just me and the Lord and, and a Marshall amp and a Les Paul, you know, and let's just, let's just, and that's how I relax and, 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 and you do it your way. But it's not just getting away. It's not just resting as important that that is. It's also spending time and resting in him. I love this. This is the best definition of Sabbath I've heard. And it came from some unnamed commentator in a commentary I was reading. It was attributed to somebody. No one knew who it was. Called it a sanctuary of time. You know, this is a sanctuary. Sanctuary is just a place that's set aside. This is a sanctuary. And we have one over there where we do traditional worship. And that's a, that's a sanctuary of space. Sabbath is a sanctuary of time. It's just a period of time that's set aside for God. And we can do that most any place. And we can do it most any time. But God very much wants us to do it regularly. Because if we don't, we won't be healthy. Just as he created us so that we can actually get things done while we're asleep, and rebuild our bodies. The same thing happens whenever we take a break in our routines. It's like, it's, in a way, it's like dominoes falling. Our routines sometimes are like these big, long chains of dominoes, and it seems like they start falling, and we just can't stop it. And all of a sudden, we're not controlling our schedule anymore. Our schedule's controlling us. And you know what Sabbath is? Just take one of those dominoes and pull it out. So that finally, one falls, nothing else falls. You just took that domino out of place. And it stopped everything. And we rest. And then you flip the next domino and let it go. You get the idea. We rest. We take a break from our routines. We rest from that. And we rest in God. And by the way, let me read if I can. I don't want to run too long, but... I'm going to read a little bit from Psalm 62. This is so beautiful. Psalm 62. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. We rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will never be shaken. And you know what? You hear that and you go, oh, preacher, that sounds so good. But hey, I'm not a psalmist. And that psalmist doesn't understand the presentation I've got to give tomorrow. Or the psalmist doesn't know about this big test I have to take tomorrow. Or the psalmist doesn't know that I have to go see the doctor tomorrow. I'm not expecting a report from some blood work. And I'm not sure it's going to be good. Or the psalmist doesn't know that I have to go see a lawyer tomorrow because i got a relationship blown up. psalmist doesn't know any of that. You know what the next verse is after what I just read? The psalmist switches his voice from going to, toward God 
toward his enemies? How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me. That's, that's right after, that's right after truly my soul finds rest in God. Now the psalmist was having a really tough time. But even though his enemies were about to topple him over and step on him, he still said, my soul finds rest in God. And we can do the same thing. You've probably experienced it. Have you ever been? I'm glad we're doing this series on, on why God, because sometimes you can get really angry. When my wife Lynn, who's right there, was so sick a few years ago, I was so angry with God because she was so sick and she was in the hospital. And I'd come, I've been at church and I'd preached and I was going to see her. And, and she was having a really bad day. And, and so we visited, and I thought, I'm going to go get some lunch, and, and, and I'll come back and see you. And I, it had just been going on for like three, four weeks. And I was, I, I was in my car. I was driving from Park West Hospital back to our house. And, I, and some of you have heard me tell this story. I was banging on the steering wheel of my car as hard as I could, screaming, How long, God? That's, by the way, that's a psalm, if you, if you want to look it up. That's, how long? How long does she need to be, how long does she need to suffer? How long? What, six months? You think that'll be good? When are you going to do something about this? That was my prayer. That was the holy preacher's prayer in the car, car that day, banging on the steering wheel. I was so mad. And so I got home, and I plopped down on the couch. I was going to fix something to eat, and I was just too tired. So I was sitting on the couch, and I kind of scooched down. I fell asleep. And if you've ever been asleep, maybe in bed or on a nap or whatever, and, and you startled and woke up because you heard something, but there wasn't really a noise, it was in a dream. Has that ever happened to you? And you kind of startled yourself awake, and you thought, I've heard something. And you realize there was nothing. That happened to me. I was, I was, I was asleep on the couch, and I startled myself awake. And you know what woke me up? You know what I heard? Shh. My mother used to do that. Anytime I was hurt, my mother, lovingly, but I would, if I was crying, mother, mom would always go, shh, it's okay. Shh, it's okay. And I promise you, as I sat there on the couch and woke up from that nap, I heard, shh. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I think I might have heard him go, shh. It was, the, it, was, it was not freaky or anything. It was just like, wow, of course. Yeah, calm down. Calm down. Rest in the Lord, Larry. You preach this stuff all the time. Maybe you could try it. <laughs> and I did. And it changed, it changed everything. Still, maybe she's doing great now. But it was hard. But you could rest in the Lord. Jesus rested all the time with his disciples. They would get, they'd, go, they'd go feed people, they'd go heal people, and then he'd get away. He needed a break. He was God, and he needed a break. So do you. Because he had to get ready for the next thing. And at that last supper, the supper right before he was arrested, the supper the night before he was crucified, they were resting. Because he was getting ready for the next thing, which was the cross. And so he took bread and he broke it. 
And remember when I said in, in, the, in, the, in Exodus, it said, remember the Sabbath? That remember is huge. It's the same idea behind Jesus when he said, do this in remembrance of me. Same idea. It's not reflect on the fact that something happened. It's a very active participation in remember means be with me. This is something that's ongoing, and I'm here, and you're here. And let's be together. That's what we, when he says, remember. So when he broke the bread, he said, in this bread, I'm here. And every time you eat this bread, I'll be here. Remember. And then he took the cup and he prayed a prayer, blessed, prayed a, a prayer blessing. And he said, drink this as often as you will and remember. Remember, I'm here and rest in me. So when you come for the bread and the cup, I want you to come expecting to hear whatever it is in your routine that's just noisy right now, something you need a break from. I don't know what it is. You do. Come to this table and hear Jesus go, shh, it's okay. It's okay. Jesus says, I'm right here. Rest. Well, those who serve, if you'll please come down. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of rest, for your insistence that we rest. Lord, help us. Help us to trust you that we can actually take a break and the world won't stop turning, that we can rest and it will be okay. Lord, we ask now that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of bread and juice, that they become for us the body and blood of Christ, for the body of, that we are the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.